Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Pillow Talk with Mark and B, the podcast where we just talk. I'm B, and I'm here with my husband, Marcus. Hey there, hey there. And I'm here with Jacob and Kyle. Hey. Hello. We're so happy to have you guys. Thanks so much for doing this with us. Oh, thanks, thanks. for having us. Glad we can finally make the time work. And we've, I know we've been trying for a while, but just hard lining schedules up. That's farm life, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys, because yeah, like, like you said, we've been trying to do this for a while. I had initially, we wanted to do like a homestead thing. And then we did a homestead one, we got a ton of questions from people after the fact, and you guys kind of come, come from farms, like your whole lives. And so I'm super, super excited to talk to you guys kind of pick your brains on everything. Um, but before we get into it, let's talk about you guys. Can you guys kind of give us a rundown of each of your individual farm lives and then how you guys are here today together. So it it's weird for me to say I'm kind of starting out being that I'm like sixth generation doing this, but it's also the kind of thing where each generation kind of invents its own way forward. Um, I've grew up farming like this or like on this, on the farm we're currently at right now. And it was, we did the normal corn, soy, and oat, or corn, soy, and wheats, rotated them, and had black and white cattle we fed corn to, and then at the end of the day, wondered why we weren't making any money, and it kind of came to a point where I decided I wanted to be involved, I wanted to do farming, and kind of real, the, the best way to describe it is looked at and said, well, we're not making any money doing what we're doing right now. What's the worst that happens if we try something else? We don't make money doing that. And it it actually kind of, it's gone well going to more like sustainable, organic, style, regenerative style of agriculture. And it it's just grown and gone crazy from there. So I guess I'll let Kyle introduce herself. So I'm Kyle. Um, I am second generation farmer. My parents started back in the 80s and they didn't have the budget for crops and combines and things like that. They got started in grass-fed beef and they are actually renting cows. That's I didn't where they're at. rent cows. Yeah, That's it's a wild. concept. <laughs> yep. So I don't think it's everywhere. Um, the guy rents out bulls, which is a legitimate thing. And then to get more bulls, he rents you the cows. You get to keep the heifer calves, the girls, because you want to grow your herd, and he takes all the bulls, the boys, then he can have his bull business. So it actually works out pretty good. Um, yeah, I guess like, like if you're looking for like that prime bull, you know, just full of spunk and semen, just, yeah, I guess you would want to rent that guy. Yeah, so um, we actually did that for a long time, and then just renting a bull, um, and now we finally got our own cows and our own bull. But um, I grew up, we do beef and lamb and poultry. And I went to England for my bachelor's degree and followed that up with a master's degree all in agriculture and farming. Amazing. I, I mean, this is one of the questions that we got, but let's just kind of get into it now. Um, the benefits of kind of getting that education and like, do you guys kind of know the difference between, or can you explain the difference between the education and bringing the education in versus 
like hands-on education? So I've got more of the academic background with the different degrees. Jacob kind of went more of a trade school route and kind of learned the more hands-on way. So we kind of joke that I'm more of the brains and he's more of the brawn of all come up with the idea and then pass it off to him to um, kind of take it and run with it. And okay, now you've got to um, figure out how to work in our scenario and our resources. That's amazing. Good for you guys. So how long have you guys known each other? How did you guys meet? So we've known each other uh, about a year and a half at this point. Um, we actually met on Facebook. I was doing marketing for my farm, just kind of sharing the farm, like, hey, I'm Kyle. This is my farm. Check out. Just kind of looking to make connections, you know, kind of grow things. And Jacob commented, and he's like, oh, hello, from a little bit north of you. And we kind of got co- talking in the comments a little bit, and I sent him a friend request because I was actually interested in his sheep. <laughs> and we we talked farming for about three days and then that kind of dissolved into a relationship amazing it, it's so funny it's like the office that scene where Dwight and the one chick are trying to rent an auger together <laughs> it's like oh farmers I love it 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 and I was the same way with it it's like there was a bit of like oh she's cute she's single she's in the area but it's more of like She's also doing stuff the same way I am. It's it's building that community and making the connections of a lot of it's even just saying, hey, I have stuff. Um, I, I'm doing some of the same stuff, sharing ideas, sharing resources. And it just it just clicked really well. And we just hit it off from there. Oh, and now you get access to all the sheeps. Yes. So I actually <laughs> ended up with one of his sheep. Um, we ended up swapping eyes and goats or we were doing ridiculous math on you know here I swap you this you swap me that it was you know how many sheep were worth a feeder and <laughs> yeah amazing ended up with some of his sheep um I borrowed his ram for the winter he borrowed my bull that's amazing I didn't I didn't realize that you could just like do okay do do other farms do this or is it just kind of you guys are in a relationship do people just swap animals all the time there's a a lot of it it's usually it'll usually be like the bull she has now is a bull i was leasing two years ago now um from the guy just up the road from me and it's one of those things where it works out good because he has the bull but now he doesn't need to feed it and house it over the winter and he's getting like 40 bucks a calf that's for every calf at, calf at fathers, he gets 40 bucks from it. So he's making money and also doesn't have to deal with his bull being at his farm, eating up his hay and everything. Amazing. And you'll get a lot of farms with that, where they do have those connections where it's like, Hey, I don't need this guy around all year long, but I need him here every now and then. So if we just kind of set up our schedules, so, it works to rotate them around. It benefits everybody. And now yeah. it's one of the things where instead of me buying a bowl and dealing with him all year long and my neighbor buying a bowl and dealing with his bowl all year long, we can just rotate every, every so often. It is wild how beneficial the community really comes down. Like it's. Yeah. I was even kind of just putting this thought together, just hearing about how you guys kind of met like 
Uh, you hear the saying where like uh, you should be friends before you start dating, but like maybe the the add on to this is you should be in the same community, mm. and then you'll eventually find that person who's going to become your good friend, and then you like as you tell us more of your story, you know you get engaged. Yeah, let's talk about the engagement. Congratulations! Thank you. you. Congratulations to you guys too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you. all the love around here. Happy, yeah, happy. the the farmers, man. We all just want. Simple our simple life. life with our wife and our animals. That's it. Happy day. Oh, Mark, I remember you having a theory about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <So>, yeah. <laughs> That's a classic Laura Hammett show. Fuck. <laughs> okay. So can you guys tell us about how you got engaged? Because I think this actually might be one of the cutest stories I've ever heard. You start, Kyle. So uh, this was in February, in the beginning of February, it was like the coldest day of the year and the wind is blowing out of Siberia and it was just awful. Um, I drove up for the day, I live about an hour and a half, so it's kind of a bit of a drive, um, and I wasn't out of the truck before Jacob's like, come here, I need your opinion on something. I'm like, oh no, now what? So um, look, and there's a cow calving and just the feeder showing like well we've we've got to go to market we can't do much for so she's just gonna have to have it um our own and sorry can you just break that down a little bit for me what do you mean by that what do you mean like marking it oh we had farmer's market that day oh marketing okay got it got it got it yeah. yeah And um, so we get back and we check on her in the calf and it looks like she had the calf and he never got up. He just kind of froze in this little pile of fluid. And so we gave him in the shop and the wood stove going and we're trying to dry him off and game warmed up. I actually named him Olaf. (laughs) Um, I'm texting my mother at this point because she's um, looking at all my vet books on what to do so I'm on speakerphone with her and texting her I'm like his name is Olaf and she's like does he want to build a snowman I'm like no mother he is a snowman <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to thaw him out and I made the comment to Jacob that you know I can't wait to farm with you and have baby lambs and deal with sick cows and raise littles and do all these things with you and a little bit later Jacob must have decided that the time was right it- I already had the like her ring because we'd already discussed everything, like talked about it. They were both all, like thinking this is a good idea, and it actually is her great grandmother's ring. Great grandmother, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So we had, so I had to, I had it to go get it resized and everything. So it just kind of felt like that moment was the moment to just kind of say, well, do we want to do the like do this for real? Do we want to make that a thing? And do we want to get married? Uh, so she said yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those things where when you're like going through like the hardship or the sorrow and then you look over that person and you're still smiling at them and they're smiling back you're like which is like yeah if i'm gonna do this with anybody i think it i want it I, to be you i think it has to be that person exactly so cute, guys! Congratulations! I'm so happy for you. And I'm I'm glad Olaf is okay. Like, is he uh, okay? By it, the way, no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. 
it I, I remember seeing a thing where they, they were talking about kind of that exact situation with farming yeah and I don't know I don't know if this is just a number kind of they pulled out of their experience or they made up or if it's an actual thing but they it was like 80 percent of the time the calf still doesn't make it it's you're usually you're too far behind you're just okay. you're pushing too far yeah but there's a 20 there's that 20 percent chance they're going to make it there's that there's that chance you can do it. Yeah. And yeah. I've heard some crazy stories about like, it sounds so funny to like thaw a calf, like you're taking it out of the freezer, but like, yeah, I've heard some like serious, like revival oh, yeah. ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's wild how much like death happens on a farm. Like somebody right, like really, really, well, I guess it was Mark's grandpa was just like, don't get attached. Don't get attached. Don't get attached because like, death happens on life happens a lot of life happens but so does death it the, the old saying of that is if you have livestock you have dead stock <laughs> yeah it, yep. <laughs> everything lives and dies it it's it's how it goes it goes I, I was i was always taught it's a combination of that and everything tastes better when you knew its name of like <laughs> there's always that little bit of like it's sad but you like especially with like the cat, like for me, the cattle going, like the ones that'll be going to the butcher, you, you know, the whole time, this is what it's for. And yeah. we, we, we strive for the goal of, um, it's not our, it's not us or not our original term. I've heard other people use it, but to give them the best life they can in one bad day versus a hard, a hard, terrible life and one day to end it. Ah, so just because, yeah, that's what it would be like if they were just in the wild. It'd be every day is a struggle. You know, we yeah. were, we had, so when we were about to butcher, when we did the last homesteading episode, we hadn't butchered chickens. And since then we have. And I was describing it to some friends when we went to Canada. And he had kind of the similar experience of me where, like, I well like I struggled to kill like it wasn't like I had a bad knife and it wasn't happening as fast as I would have liked to and blah blah blah. but then Mark stopped us after we had both told our stories where it's like I was trying and I was trying and I was trying his story was he caught a fish and then he had to kill the fish with a rock and yeah. it, a couple... it just wouldn't die yeah. and then mine was yeah the knife just wouldn't go and wouldn't go and then Mark at the end was just like you know what it's really weird but if you had actually tried to kill that thing as fast as possible you would have but you weren't trying as hard and the irony in that is in your trying to be gentle he made he suffered more yeah like the violence is the kindness yeah it's so interesting yeah what would let's kind of like jump to some of these questions because and I've got some specifically for Kyle and some specifically for, for Jacob. So let's start with Kyle. Like, as far as the death goes, and because women are often much more emotional than men, and how does that, how do you kind of cope with that? How do you not justify it? Because it is normal. This is reality. This is, but how do you cope with it? How do you kind of move past it? How do you not let it get to you? Some days are easier than others. Um, you tell yourself that you gave them the best life possible. They had one bad day. Um, if it's more of an illness thing, you try to learn from it so that you have this again. Um, then there are hard days where it just straight up sucks. Um, I can't kill anything. 
Um, someone else have to do that for me. I, I, I can't. I understand that this needs to happen and what's going to happen. I, I can't. I don't think you have to. That's the thing. Like, I don't think you should have to. Yeah. Like if you don't want to, you shouldn't have to. And it doesn't make you better or yeah. worse for anything. Like, you know, there are people out there who actually enjoy butchering things. So let's let them do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like good for you for being honest about that, too. Like, just because you're on a farm doesn't mean you need to be the one. Like, there are men around to do that, too. Right. Actually, <laughs> this is why I have Jacob. So let's actually slip into that because I want both of your opinions on that. Do you feel like there are hard and fast, what do they call blue and pink rolls or whatever they're calling that these days? Like <laughs> how does that kind of lead out into the farm life and how to function? That was one we'd kind of, we were kind of talking about and it's something we've kind of looked at and said, not like laying out actual like lists of roles or jobs, just kind of saying who can, who is a lot of it saying like okay who's better at doing these tasks is this something let, let's face it Kyle you are a very slight you are a very small and slight woman there's, I'm five foot three and a hundred pounds soaking wet everything <laughs> weighs. There's, there's a lot of jobs where it's like okay this is just going to be me because like physic it, it doesn't matter if she was a man the same size physically she couldn't do it so right. all right let's go it. lift some hay barrels <laughs> Exactly. So, I, I will cheer from the side. I'm good for about three pounds of hay before I'm done. So it's, it's a lot of saying like, who is who is better at this task? Uh, or like, not only that, like, I can do the online, like the Facebook posts and the marketing. Kyle is legitimately better at it than I am. She does yeah. a better job. So it makes more sense to have her doing. It's also something that she, it, it frees up me to do more other things by having her doing those roles. That it, makes sense. It's I like that stuff too. Like, I feel like girls are usually better at the admin organization kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Almost every yeah. time. That's so awesome. It, it works out good. And there's also those times of like doing marketing together. And those ones, it's kind of, it, it again, it's something where it's like, okay, I'll, I'll be like at the farmer's market, unloading the coolers and stuff, getting ready to set up. She'll be setting up the tables, doing the tablecloths. Cause it's, something she's more physically capable of and also i think you do a better job setting the table up just because versus me i'm just like we'll get the stuff out there we will make it fit and then we'll decide if that's good enough all right so we so, got two options for people to man the booth we got a pretty lady or we got <laughs> pretty lady who lay everything out nice aesthetically pleasing some signs some or we got the man in coveralls over there <laughs> yeah exactly because one day, like every time he wandered away from the booth to go do something, there would be a customer, like without fail. Anytime he wandered away, it oh, that that's just markets in general. Of uh, you will stand, there will be no one at the market. You will be staying there for ten minutes. There's no one there. You're like, okay, I can go to the bathroom, and you come back, and somehow the entire market is full of people, and six <laughs> people are left in the time it went for it took for you to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Hilarious. That's so funny. Okay, so then Jacob, as far as kind of handling that masculinity role like how do you handle because it's exhausting and it's mentally draining and there's physical workload there's emotional workload as far as like the killing aspect and all that so how do you yeah. make sure that you don't burn out and that you're still there to provide what Kyle needs when you get home so this is going to sound a little bit off topic to start it but it'll make sense once I get to it it's, it's also like a journey 
it's kind of how you schedule stuff for just like dealing with the workload in general of like, you look at your work, your week and you say, okay, I have like these, I have market Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. These are things I, I cannot, no matter how much I ask them to, they won't move the time for me. This is when they are doing it. I need to make my schedule fit it. I have these things. It's going to be today is like Wednesday is the best day this week to cut hay. So we are cutting hay Wednesday. Friday from 11 to 2 is when I need to be at the auction to pick up stuff I bought or else I have to load it by hand without them having a forklift. Mm. These are the, you start with those things that you can't change or you can't change the schedules on. Yeah. Then I go to the things where it's like, okay, I need to go to the bank at some point this week to go get more change to cash in some, like to cash in some checks. They're open till five. So it needs to be a work day before five that I do this, but right. it can fit in those times. Then it's those those tasks where it's just, it needs to be done this week. Those you can fit in elsewhere. And in doing that, I also kind of make sure to say, Hey, Fridays, I probably can't go out with the buddies because I have to be up at 4 a.m. on Saturday. Probably shouldn't be out late. But Wednesday nights, I don't have much going on. So Wednesdays, I try to, if it works for everybody else as well, plan to, I go over to my buddies, we have a beer, we watch bad movies, and <laughs> I plan in time to relax. I like it. Uh... We, usually weeknights, we'll be watching something like, like, Prime watch parties are honestly a lifesaver for us of being able to, because she's an hour and a half away most times. Right. Something party, I can still be doing emails, printing up, like printing up flyers, stuff like that. But we can still talk on the phone. We can watch something together. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Digital world, man. We, we can plan to have that downtime and that time together. And it's also a lot of it too, is it's the community aspect of, having people who even have a basic understanding of what you're going through of knowing, Hey, this time of year is going to be very busy. So we, <laughs> yeah. all, we all know every night, like some, once we're done, we're going to, it doesn't matter what else is like, I should go do this. It's like, no, we're all going to, we're all going to go hang out at one of the houses, have a beer and celebrate that we are done with this job. And now we can, we can, we can move on. It, yeah. It's finding a community that you can, relax with and also just share those share those times of yeah it's it's hard saying oh we i lost a sheep or we i took in one of my favorite steers to butcher because he was ready but he just always had a really nice personality yeah. being able to discuss that with people people yeah. who un- yeah that's amazing that community so then let's kind of talk about the community a little bit because well, are you guys, when you guys get married, which December 2nd, December 9th? 9th. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Um, when you. you guys get married, how is the farm going to get, like, who's moving where? How is that going to all look? And then what does that kind of do to the community that, as individuals, you guys have built? Crap, we need to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... Well, Kyle, Kyle will be moving up to up here where I'm at, where the farm, where my farm is. It it's also one of those ones of is as, as bad as it sounds. It's well, you you were saying you went to college in England. You don't have as much of the community around. Uh, a lot of the community mm-hmm. you have is more of the digital side, too. So it, yeah, yeah, that was 
one of the because we sat down and we laid out kind of everything of we looked at we pros and cons the thing up one side down the other resources building yeah skills, yeah so important everything yeah and, it's beneficial for sure obviously like it was honestly been feasible to do either one but jacob has the community that you can't really replace like you can move equipment you can build new fences but the community is kind of like not impossible to rebuild but it's kind of be starting over Mm -hmm. and if you've already got it why not keep it yeah so that's kind of a big deciding factor in what we decided good for you guys that's awesome so then as far as that community goes like you guys must have contacts for everything that you need and like how often do you like ver- how do I word this supporting local everything must be supporting local for you guys right um I mean when it can there it you, we try to a lot of it to it like with the farmers markets it's making connections with, with the other vendors because they're ba- they're basically your coworkers. we're all mm-hmm. independent but we're co-workers here at market for six hours basically right it it you, you start making the connection like you make those connections and it's a lot of it it can be a lot of the stuff of even just like hey month like the first monday of the month we all meet up and just have like a, not a night off you know what i mean just that but we can also talk what's going on see how things like see how everybody's doing tour each other's tour farms. each other's farms get and it's also a nice thing of like getting somebody else's eyes on your it's one of those things where it's like I've been staring at this problem for two di- for two days now. I can't figure it out. But somebody who isn't stuck into I've been staring at this for two days yeah. is going to be dumb. That yeah, changes I, everything. I got a question kind of involving that. Like, yeah, when do you know when to call in a favor? Like, um, you know, with the community and stuff, yeah, you don't want to be that guy who's always calling. When do you when, yeah. what what pushes you to the point? Well, I'm one of those people who always tries to be helping other people and do what they can for it. So I never feel like I'm not, as bad as it sounds, there's all, it always feels good to be, to know, like, I kind of emote a few favors from people. Yeah. But there's a lot of it, though, it's some of those times where it's just like, hey, looking at saying, we don't have enough people to get this done. This is going to be a, like a six person job. I'm going to call up a few of the friends, see who's available and even if it's just like, hey, there'll be cold beer and as much ground beef as you want to carry home at the end of the day. <laughs> Come help. Um, yeah. We'll do jobs like that. And it's, it's a, like you said, it, it's the community and it's, it's a lot. Some of it's also just knowing what skills you're good at. Sure. Like, yeah. What do you actually have to offer to other people? Exactly. And it's also those times where it's like, hey, this is not something I really know how to do. I'm going to go reach out to somebody who does or somebody who knows better than me. And it's, it's finding what you're good at and also being able to say, Hey, if people need this, what, what do you, what, what can I do to help? Yeah. I I think too, like what you said is like, you take that first step too, and you've made yourself available. And I think that's the big thing. Like, yeah, you've, you put in 10 favors, I'm sure now, before you ask for the one, but also everyone's doing the same thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You all got barns get, that got to get erected, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a lot of that. It's hmm. the same like I've said with people who like, 
the best way to get a discount from get like the farmer's market is to be the person who never asks for a discount. If you're the one who's like the second time you bought something, be like, Oh man, I got a big order. Will you do a better price for it? I'm like, you're good. You, I hate to say it, but you're probably not going to get as good of a price as you thought you were going to get because you've asked. But if you're the person who's yeah. like, this is the third time you've grown up, bought $500 worth of stuff and are telling me to keep the change on everything. And I'm like, well, um, oh, whoops, looks like I missed a couple pounds of ground beef adding up your order there. You get more help by being the person who isn't always just like automatically asking for help. That, yes. Yeah, you, I've you definitely that. noticed that as soon as people start monetizing things, everybody else around them just kind of doesn't want to be around them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, interesting. It's- I've been your friend for so many years. You should give me the friends discount. You're a real good friend for asking me to asking me to give you a discount. You know what I mean? Of like, it's good that you can. I'm glad you can monetize our friendship. This is appreciated. Yeah, yeah. It's funny too. I've got like a tattoo artist friend, and the amount of people that must ask him for discounts that have known him his whole life, and it's like, dude, you should oh, be supporting me, not taking advantage of me. Like, it's so. It's just this weird dynamic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, as an electrician, people always thought they could ask me for electrical advice. And it's just like, no, man, that's my career. I'm not doing that for you. Like, Not for free. Go fucking use Google. <laughs> yeah. I come from a family of mechanics. I know exactly what you mean on that of, oh, hey, while you're here at this party, my car was making a funny noise. Yeah, you- exactly. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, well, you're at somebody's house and they like, like try, to, try to push it on you then. You're like, whoa, but whatever you do. And then, you, then they owe you. <laughs> it, sounds like it, it sounds like it's an appointment at the shop at two at 10 o'clock on tuesday that's all <laughs> yeah. yeah i booked you an appointment <laughs> yeah that's so funny okay kyle as far as being you know like i feel like especially now in this digital age we've got social media do you feel like there's more females that you can connect with and relate to and what are some ways that you've surrounded yourself with women and how has that been empowering for your experience on a farm so if i want to surround myself with women i have to do it digitally um my favorite joke is that at farm conferences there is never a line at the women's bathroom (laughs) that's because all the women are at home in the kitchen (laughs) yeah just a bunch of old crusty farmers i've been to those they're very nice i like it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the I wraps around the building. Meanwhile, I have money. so. If I want female farmer friends, um, I have to look online. But there's definitely um a gap. I was I did a post of I was wearing a t-shirt and it says support female farmers. Like I don't want to say I don't mean anything by it, but you know what? It's a t-shirt. It's and I had a guy kind of get upset at me that why should I support a female farmer? Like, oof, weird. Yeah. That's so strange to me because I like there is serious value of women being on farms, especially with how much life and death goes through that place and how much like emotional regulation you can add, how much nurturing is required. Like, you need you need women on farms. Absolutely. Oh on um, dairy farms have what's called calf raisers mm. and studies have shown that like when the women do that work the rates are so much higher on like 
um, survival rates and gains and all the things. Like I believe it. Do you guys are probably singing to them, petting <laughs> them, like absolutely naming them frivolously. I Hoops, boots, or something. Hola. <laughs> I did a summer working as a calf raiser on a farm, and like I loved it. They're cute as hell. And I'd go home to my parents. I'm like, can we please have beef for dinner, please? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's so nice. So then how do you guys kind of, because there's definitely, I don't hear any apprehension, especially in that where it's like, oh my God, I saw the cutest thing. Let's eat that for dinner. There's no correlation between the death there. I feel like, and it's like almost not a celebration, but like, what does that connection or relationship for you look like? You, you kind of, I don't want to say they're replaceable, but you kind of understand that, you know what, I'm going to cuddle and love this one, and then it's its time, and then it's on to the next one. It, it's, bad as, it's also as bad as it sounds, you never let yourself forget, this is why they're here. Yeah. This, this yep. is why I'm raising these four. Yep. I'm going to do everything I can for them. I'm going to take care of them. But at the end of the day, this is also this is their job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of got a quota on like how many pets I can have. <laughs> um, What's the quota? Well, like, like I'm allowed about one to two sheep that is no longer productive. Um, I've got two right now. Their job is photo ops <laughs> <laughs> and cuddle duty. I love that. Yeah. Is their job you know what I, I good can't... job no man the more i talk to farmers and stuff like it, you're all just such wholesome people and like so grounded in reality and so like just rooted in nature man and then the way things work actually it it's a job that despite like any technology anything you can't ultimately it ultimately what happens is it doesn't matter like the technology it doesn't matter how you view it you start doing worse when you stop removing yourself from that natural system. Yeah. You, it, it, it honestly, like getting back into farming really helped me as well. Like with, with my faith and everything, um, just being part of that natural system and being part of everything. You're like, Oh, a lot more things make sense to me now. Just being able to put things in place, understanding yeah. the, the purpose of everything of na nature isn't, chaos nature isn't just whatever happens it's this constantly moving like wave mm -hmm. but it's intentional there's a reason for everything yeah tension and understanding that i'm part of this that it's being able to direct it but never control it yeah like even what. you were talking about crop rotations like that's that's something important for the land itself. And like, yeah, you use, yeah, you use the land and then you give the land some time and then you use it again. You give it some time. Yeah. yeah. It's it. Well, like I know one of the questions later on was talking about like healthy soil and everything. The, uh, there's a quote of at the end of the day, everything we have comes from six inches of topsoil and the <laughs> fact that it rains. And I'm like, but it's one of those quotes I always remember because it's, honestly the truth of it if it doesn't matter if you're doing gardening crops livestock it all comes from the soil and if you have poor soil you end up with poor results so like there's a number of people who do grass-fed cattle like us sheep everything and they say they're not a livestock farmer they are a grass farmer 
and the cattle oh. and the sheep ways to monetize farming grass. Interesting. That's that's interesting, huh? It's actually just building better soil. It's building. It's making the soil itself healthier, more sustaining, more able yeah. to deal with yeah. sudden rain droughts. But you get some. And a lot of my favorite vet books are um, nutrition related. Like if you are deficient in this element these are the problems that are going to happen. So like, mm-hmm. if you have the you need to start supplementing this. And those are honestly my favorite vet books because yes, antibiotics absolutely have a place. They're a wonderful invention. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. If if it's something like you're nutrient deficient, then antibiotics is just covering up and we're going to be having this problem next week, next year, if you can't fix the nutrition. And then if your animals are nutrient nutrient deficient then you eating those animals are going to be nutrient deficient Matt, and it's so interesting like even just hearing you now hearing that connection you make with just animals and having to look that look after that then putting it on yourself too like oh yeah okay i gotta make sure if i want my food to be healthy why am i not taking care of myself even you know like i should be taking vitamin c or whatever i'm i'm lacking as well like oh yeah it's it like I said it's 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 figuring out the system and figuring out where we fit in it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So a little bit earlier in the conversation, you mentioned how uh, your faith is kind of deepened being a farmer. Um, do you want to touch on that? Share as much as you want about your faith, where you're at. What do you kind of think? Um. What well, one thing I'd also say it, again it. I hate this, to beat the same drum, but it all kind of comes back to community and faith is, it's definitely part of that, that community, or it's, it's a type of community, community you can have in like, I was born and raised as a Christian and everything. And I, I know you guys have some background, the same, anyone who is like, has a passing familiarity with the Bible knows there is constant agricultural references throughout everything. Oh, that's so true. And because there's so many options and you're like, one of the uh, constant jokes I have is I'm like, I understand why in like the Bible, they use sheep as an allegory for like God with people so often, because so much time with sheep is spent chasing after them, screaming out, damn it, I'm trying to help you. And you're just making this work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm there's always that one sheep that's like, I'm sick and I need help. Also, you're coming after me. I must flee. (laughs) Makes sense now. Yeah. It all, it all comes clear, but like I said, a lot of it, it's also, it's just under, it's, it's the agriculture, but also like the natural side of it, just the, like getting back into the, that flow of, I have markets during the summer. So I'm busy during the summer. I'm up early when, because when the sun is up earlier, working later because we have more time, then you're yeah. getting into the winter. There's not as much going. There's not as much going on. So you're in a downtime kind of sway as well. Of you get to sleep in a little bit. You get a little more time off, like time off, a little easier for doing stuff. It, it a lot of it, it just it gave context to everything. Is the best way to describe it. Yeah, I it really was, like that. Um, and even just like I've always. I've always liked uh, religion for the fact that it does bring people together for a specific reason. It does build that community thing. Um, Like we went to this church for our whole life and like, we just went back to Canada and 
like we went back to that building and you know there was still that community there we even spent a saturday cleaning it for like a couple minutes you know like it was just mm-hmm. you know there's always that community that you can always still kind of go back to that moral compass yeah, or like 30 years the, these like life lessons where it's like um you know another christian thing is like the apples and like uh the tree and the yeah you know the the fruit whatever fruit uh from the tree happens is good or bad or whatever you can tell what kind of tree oh, it is like, by the fruit what he's wow. saying is like okay so when you like my for example my yeah. dad always said you can't drink because the fruit of the spirit says that you need to have self-control so if you drink you lose self-control therefore you're not you don't exhibit the the fruits of the spirit so yeah. we look at people and you can kind of you kind of look at those like fruits of the spirit, which for anybody living or listening, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so when you look at somebody, I know it's wild. When you look at somebody who's like of that faith, you typically would see all of those traits coming from them where they're, they're, they, they exhibit love and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness. And especially when you're on a farm, the best farms run the best and most successful when you've got all of those kind of making it all like you need patience or else holy hannah and you need self-control or else holy hannah yeah otherwise you go out drinking with the boys and you need love otherwise you won't care for the animals yeah it's so interesting how it really plays out into the reality of a farm exactly it yeah there's a lot there's a lot of that like you said just everything good yeah 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 Yeah. sorry (laughs) Um, there's a lot of that where it's, like I said, it's, it's just that feeling it, it's having that community, having people who feeling the same thing you are, or who have mm-hmm. understanding of what you're going through and being able to feel like there's a, there's more of a purpose of what you're doing. And like, there is that deg- degree of like, for me with the, like, especially like with the animals in the land is it's that feeling of this isn't mine. Like one of the best things mm-hmm. I had actually on the home was real was like I was at a very low point of like I am broke. I have like I literally had like fifty dollars. That was it. Like I'm like I have thousands of dollars worth of or, like between equipment and stock and everything. But I'm like I am broke. I am trying to figure out how I'm paying the next feed bill. But realizing I have nothing, and this. But this is my nothing, and no one can take that away from me. But also that thing of this isn't mine. The the land isn't the the animal. No, I can say that they belong to me. I can say I own the, like I own them, but I can't really own them if that makes sense. There's no, like, I always say that about cats jokingly, but also very serious. Like people are like, oh, how many cats do you own? I'm like you can't own cats first of all. Like you, you would own a cat, they just consent to you dealing with them. Yeah, Jacob also like, can't count that. Um, yeah, that's so that's so interesting. Um, Kylie, what about you? Kyle. Oh, sorry, Kyle. Um, what about, what about you? Do you want to share anything? Um, unfaith. And how yeah. I've made that vote for you. <laughs> I mean, Jacob has brought me closer with it um I don't usually go to church um but I do go with Jacob I enjoy it and it it's nice to be able to kind of sit and be at peace and hmm. do you have a moment. 
did you do you feel like before you met Jacob you had still conservative values or were you more liberal always kind of somewhere in the middle um like if the liberals would say I'm too conservative and the conservatives would say I'm too <laughs> yeah. liberal well, I know how that goes. <laughs> so, so you're a reasonable person then very good yeah. very good <laughs> I, I farm. I'm not sure I'm reasonable, but yes. <laughs> okay. Interesting. But farming, kind of the way we set up of, you know, we do, I don't want to say we have gender roles, but the way things of what I'm good at and what he's good at kind of fall along those lines. Like, let's face it, I'm not going to go out and do huge amounts of physical manual labor. I, I can't. I'm too small and everything outweighs me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you kind of just sink into it. Like we've talked about that too, being here on the on the Paradise Reef here for a year, just kind of how how easy it is for me to go fix a dock and how easy it is for me to cook a loaf of bread. Yeah. And how it naturally falls that way every time, even though in Canada it didn't happen necessarily like that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's one thing I was actually thinking like you guys were well Kyle was talking earlier and you were asking about the um like you don't traditionally see women in farming but I was thinking about I'm like you actually kind of do you you it, see it's you usually see like the man but like I'm thinking like a lot of like especially some of the old like tractor ads is it like ah yes buy the the new international harvester and it's a picture of like the dad in overalls like combining or whatever and it's the wife and kids coming out yeah. and bringing lunch to the field of like, it was, you, it, there's not a lot of single farmers actually out there yeah. because. No, like I made that joke, like she's in the kitchen and like, yeah, it yeah. sounds derogatory, but no, she's looking after the family and making sure everyone's taken care of. And like, that is so important. You can't do it without that. And my favorite verses in the Bible have always been Proverbs 31 of <laughs> The woman tattooed on me, <laughs> and like you, you sit there and a lot of modern women sit and go, "Oh, I can't do all that." And I, I read it and I'm like, "No, she was a farmer's wife. She's buying fields and she's planting them and she's taking care of the servants and feeding yep. the kids." Yep. Like she doesn't technically have a job, if you will, but her job makes everything else hum and tick, and her husband can yep. go. And do his job because she has kept the ship afloat. Yeah. Oh, and like beautiful. Thing. I know as a man, like the only reason I work and not just like be a bum is to like make sure that the one I love is taken care of. Otherwise, I'd be very minimalistic. But like, yeah, the driving factor is when I'm out there doing something crappy, I'm not thinking about, you know, bad things. I'm thinking about coming home to be and uh, how great that's going to be. And she's going to have a nice smile for me. And if it's a rainy day, she might have a little you know, like towel or something, or you know, yeah. uh, without that, you can't do it, man. You can't. It's it, it, There's so many, like, it's one of the things like I, I see, I, you see a lot of people where it's like, well, all these businesses were owned by like men. It's like, how many of these businesses were also where it's like, I guarantee you, like in like the medieval times where it was like John, the chairmaker or whatever. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the wife who's probably the one who's actually dealing with the sales who because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. want the people of like it yeah because he's the one actually like, doing the the labor you know making the chairs he's 
it's, too busy it's, to sell them. It's both of it's it's a couple working together towards the same goal. It is it, it is actually a partnership on it, and I think I think the problem there is, especially like historically, women just didn't. The fact that oh you you went and you made dinner for for um for like the husband and all the people working on the farm. It sounds minor, but if it's not that fact, one, if you weren't the person who had the wife who had a who made very good dinner, you didn't get as good of workers to come help you because yeah. a nice meal greases a lot of wheels there. It, yeah, it's all those little jobs that keep everything running that get overlooked, and that that deserves its recognition. And it's it yeah. keeps everything moving. And again, this community aspect, like. It's so interesting. I, I keep, I mean, going back to Canada was wild for me because there's a lot of lonely, lonely, lonely people because you're in a car alone for two hours a day and then you sit in your house alone for seven hours and then you sleep and then you, but like, that's not how life was meant to be. Like this oxytocin that gets released every time, you know, the friends come over and the wife makes a meal and she's got pie and you know that that pie is going to be like, she's yeah. been making it all day. And you've worked and... hard all day. So everyone's really going to be enjoying it. So yeah. good. Like there's just this community oh, yeah. thing that happens and it doesn't happen in a city the same way. It just can't. It, um, well, they say, cause my Instagram is the well-defended farmstead and mm-hmm. kind of what that came from was I dealt with, I did a, used to do a little bit of like competitive shooting and like kind of the preparedness side there that has come into a lot of homesteading and kind of realizing, Hey, I'm not the guy who spent however many years in godforsaken sand holes on the other side of, a, of the, of the planet who has all these stories. But I'm like, I'm the person who can say, Hey, cool. This is how we're going to make sure if something went really bad, not that, oh, we can survive the first three days. We can, we, we will eat well for the first three years without a problem. It's fine. It, it all comes down to community, security, yeah. community. It's having at the bare minimum, it's enough people that you're not trying to work during the day and stand guard during the night. It's yeah. being able to rotate duties, but also it's security. Uh, it's emotional security of having people saying, hey, you're having a very hard time we're going to help you or even do you want to sit and talk about this and work this out having that community you can fall back on of yeah. oh like I, I didn't do it but like something happened and I, I break my I broke my leg the community of the neighbor saying hey we're going to come out and help get chores done to make sure it gets done instead of just saying well we'll, we'll help you figure out we'll help you figure out the government um, yeah it's like, like we're gonna it, take it, it into our own yeah head. the more personal responsibility you, you and the others around you take upon yourself the better off you're gonna be yeah it, it's the stuff of saying oh hey my my cousin is starting a new business or he's just opened up a microbrewery let's all go to his place to have drinks and get get lunch today because one we're gonna get really good beer and and um, food and everything but also i want to support someone in my community i want to give them that financial security right. it's all and comes you gotta to- eat anyways exactly <laughs> no that's amazing yeah. so okay so while we're on it just briefly if you were to if somebody was like hey i just turned on the news and things don't look really great what should i do what would like three things that every single person should do if let's say i don't know the supply chain fails 
what would you recommend that are easy, quick, whatever? What are three things, maybe five, if you got them, that people should start doing right now to make sure that they're okay if that's something like that happened? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is the thing not to do, which is to panic. Yeah, yeah you can do that. Make sure it's in the proper time. There's always. <laughs> I've had situation. I, I I had an equipment fire a couple weeks back, and I dealing with it like and um, drug like there was there was a tractor that was next to one of the barns that was starting on that caught on fire. I'm like, no, we need to get this away from the barn. We do not have time to panic. We need to act. <laughs> I had one. I locked my. I accidentally locked myself in the walk-in cooler on the farm because the door handle broke. And <laughs> my first thought was looking at this, being like, okay, I'm not gonna freeze to death in here. I have time. We're going to panic for a couple minutes. We're just going to, we're going to freak out for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> hey, it might even warm me up. <laughs> panic. We're going to get that out of our system and then we're going to solve the problem. Yeah. Um, but, the, but what I would say, like, don't be the person who's like, oh, I'm going to like whip out my credit card and just go to Walmart and buy as much as my car will fit. It's honestly, it's those simple things of find like get to know the people around you get to know people you can trust people you can rely on people you can work with because it it doesn't matter on the internet if you have the coolest friends possible all across the country if something happens and everything goes wrong it's the people in your cul-de-sac that you have to rely on it doesn't matter how cool the guy across on the internet is absolutely it's taking just those little bits of control on like getting involved in either you don't need to like garden per se i've said like if you want to get started in homesteading but aren't sure about it or like and it's the fall go to the farmer's market and go buy like a bushel of green beans that are coming in season or like that are in season and just you know what i am thoroughly happy and proud of you that you went and canned a bushel of green beans even if you didn't farm them you can them or like you didn't grow them yourself you can them yourself and that's the important step yeah just learn a skill essentially yeah find like have some value of that you can do having something that you can produce that's a useful product it also is just good in general of like i talked to a friend of mine and said i think this is just my own theory but i think something some that something that a lot of people struggle with is it's not like it was 50, 60 years ago where you can drive down the road and dad sitting in the car and points at the bridge that they're crossing and says, I helped build this bridge. I was one of the iron workers who did this. Right. There's a pride in that, that you don't have being the guy who says, I filled out the insurance forms for the guys who were, who were yeah. playing the stunt for this road. I'm like, no, that's so funny. Like whenever me and B drive anywhere, I'm like, I built that building. I, I did the electrical there. Yeah, I started just, <laughs> just looking up into big buildings. I just look or I walk in, I look up at that all the electrical it, stuff. It it's like I know so you know exactly what I mean with that, Mark, of it that tangibleness that you can point to and say, I did I was involved in doing this. Yeah. I had a skill that, sh- that that shaped the world. Yeah. And it's I think a lot of people have skills, are good at things, but they don't they 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 don't see how it's shaping the world. And because of that, they there's no pride they can extract from that. There's no like self-fulfillment mm. or confidence that you see of saying, I did that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And this is that like dopamine thing where it's like 
that's that's healthy dopamine where it's like I it would not have happened without my hands and learning this skill but now exactly so addicted to their phones and what McDonald's or whatever that that natural dopamine is not happening and people aren't actually fulfilled people aren't actually happy no I think I think I, I mean maybe it's just me but I they're like maybe it's not a real thing but I honestly think that's a big thing that would help a lot of people is even just being able to say, this is, this is what I have done that has shaped the world. Um, and having that skill that says that other people look to you and say, you are, it, it sounds weird to say it, but like, cause it's putting the, it's that thing of like, Oh yeah, I'm going to put person in this file, but it's, he is the cabinet maker. Um, we went for a little road trip yesterday up to, um, where some of the Amish are up North to uh, up North of us. Yeah. And, and up, some of their like some of their stores and stuff and we ran in we ran in an hour away we ran into one of our neighbors um just they were coming back from camping and everything and uh didn't even think about it till now but i was like oh yeah that's ron the electrician that's yeah. his son the forester of like yeah. it's it that you're known for what you are capable of yeah and it, it, it's that kind of identification well yeah like your reputation man like that's yeah, yeah, you can learn so much about somebody just by that one little word, for sure. What do they do for work? Okay, so you're that. Okay, so yeah. So you're a podcaster. Ooh. I always felt felt like a goof saying that for sure. There's a joke about that. I'm gonna send you later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Okay, so then let's kind of turn or let's kind of switch gears. As far as growing food, you you had mentioned why soil health is so important in farming, all of that. I think that's honestly my biggest issue right now. And it's a little bit harder to get that kind of stuff. But like, let's talk about the biggest challenges as far as unpredictable weather, pesky pests, uh, crop disease. How do you guys tackle that? How what's the biggest challenge living where you live? Which, by the way, can I say where you live? Uh, Michigan. Yeah. Okay. So, so what are some all challenges the weather. that you guys deal with as far as weather, pests, all of that kind of stuff? Um, well, there's always, uh, like right now, I mean, we're just coming out of a drought of like seven, eight weeks without rain. Yeah. And we're still attacked. Even though it's rained, we're still in a drought. Like we haven't caught back up. We're, you know, one week away without rain from having another drought. We're still in it it a lot of it is it's those moments that stuff that you can't control but also just we were saying like it doesn't like pest disease weather a lot of what it is is it's like the solution is diversity right it's those it's those things like i used to work a farm i used to work at we were talking about stuff and they're getting ready to plant and saying hey like corn price, corn's gonna, prices are going to be down this year, so probably not going to get like any like a raise this year or anything. And I asked if corn, if we know going into the year corn prices are down, why are we planting corn? Mm. And it, well, the answer was, well, we don't really have anything else we can plant. We don't have a setup, like a setup for it. Um, I know you were talking about it. Of uh, one of uh, one of the farmers you were reading books from um, was it was Gabe Brown. Yep. So I read a lot of Gabe Brown um, and he's a rancher out West and they basically backed themselves so far into a corner. I'm impressed they climbed out. Um, he was 
traditional crops. Um, you know, you have two options, corn and beans. They were raising cattle on corn. And as he joked, they were so broke that the banker knew when they bought toilet paper. Wow. They lost four crops in a row to hail, drought, I forget what. Like, th the man was slightly cursed there for a moment. But he came back and... Um, he came back and he's learned that diversity is your friend. Um, he has so many different crops that, oh, if the weather's bad and we're a little late gaining this crop, you know what? We'll just do this one because that fits great. Um, something happened, turn the cows out on it. Like he has built himself so much diversity that he hardly bats an eye at disaster because he, he's got so many tools in his toolbox that he can just plant the next thing move the cows in, the sheep, the pigs, whatever, and it, it's not a loss. It, it's the diversity of kind of saying, hey, we're having, like, we, didn't have, we didn't have a great calving this year with cattle. Let's spool up the pigs a little bit this year to kind of cover that up. And now, yeah, we're not going to have as much beef at the market this year, but we're going to have more pork available. It's keeping stuff being produced, but also it's those things of like, one thing I've been dealing with with the cattle is we we were having uh, because of the heat and everything a lot of flies so they're getting like bit by flies it just irritates them and can spread disease so we I moved some of the chickens up there and the chickens are doing better or not I mean they're still free ranging it hasn't changed their opinion but now they have a bunch of day old cow manure that now has a bunch of fly eggs in it that they will go through they spread out the manure get those fly, the fly larvae that now they're eating, they're eating better and it's breaking that pest cycle against the cattle. So the cattle, the cattle don't have that next generation of flies bothering them and the chickens are laying more better eggs because they're getting a better diet. Yeah. So, so really genuinely listening to the ecosystem and using what you have as, as natural as possible. Like I didn't hear one time that you sprayed the field with pesticides. It, it's one of those things that like a lot of it too, it's like the biggest reason of not using the pesticides is it's going to like anything that's going to kill flies will also kill like anything that's going to kill maggots will kill grubs. And those grubs are going to grow up to be dung beetles that are taking those little bits of manure and burying it in the soil for you to keep right. stuff going. And yeah. it's, it's, it's figuring out how to not, to not unbalance the entire system without well still getting what you would like out of it yeah it's an art it seems well, you and the, the weather um so i have a patented solution for dealing with unpredictable weather if mm. you apply what if you apply for my hundred thousand dollar course i will teach you everything i know on controlling the weather and um, you can sign up immediately after this podcast. That actually sounds like a steal of a deal. Where did you say I could go to get that? Well, defended homestead at <laughs> Instagram.com. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a broken cow. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it really comes down to adaptability and attitude and perseverance and just go slow. It, it's, it's being able, it's, it's it's rolling it's rolling with the punches and taking it's those times saying hey the weather is in our favor now we move we do we're going to work until 
until the job is done. We're going to take advantage when the weather is good. And also there's going to be times where, hey, we got rain out of nowhere. We have hay that's supposed to be built tomorrow, supposed to be nice and dry, and it just got rained on. There's nothing we can do. We have to just we can spread it out to try and dry it out. It's going to be lower quality and we're going to, it's going to suffer, but there's at the end of the day, there's nothing we can do to stop the rain. Yeah. So no. yeah. amazing. So as far as how people can kind of get um, involved in what you're doing, um, if they want to kind of add to the community that you're building, where can they find you? Um, do you guys know of any like Facebook pages? Where did you guys meet? Like what Facebook page deserves the credit for this? It was one of the pastured poultry ones that I just posted. And the funny thing is like Jacob and I ran in the same circles for years. We spoke at the same farm conference at different times. Like we've been in the same community, the same Facebook groups. Like it honestly was not the right time for us to meet because we should have years ago. Oh my God. And you had mentioned before that you had gone through something and then we're kind of putting yourself back together when Jacob happened. Yep. Um, about time we started talking, um, I had gotten out of an abusive marriage and the divorce and all of that was, um, that resolved a few months before we met and I was kind of taking the winter um mom was going through cancer and all her treatments like I was going to take the winter get things sorted and like spring you know we'll we'll figure out I'll I'll figure out this whole dating thing and December Jacob came along I'm like well wow (laughs) amazing and now you guys are getting married are you guys planning on having kids I'm, 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 as I've said before, that's a trap and you know it. I'm going to let you answer that one, Kyle. <laughs> We'd like to. Um, we'll have to see. It, it's a lot of just, a lot, it, one more thing to figure out with the farms and everything else. And just, Yeah, I mean, for sure. Give them a minute. Give them a minute. Give them a minute. Well, I'm like genuinely, I'm so grateful for you guys coming on here and answering all of these questions. Um. I feel like we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. So um, one quick thing, actually, if I can plug quick, you were just asking um, for like Facebook pages. It's, it's hard to say ones like right offhand. A lot of it, it's also going to be ones like looking for ones in your area as well. Yeah. It's, it's like, you can learn a lot of very useful things from somebody like for me, raising uh, poultry in California, but yeah. I can't ask them what are good markets that you were doing? Like it, having some of that local yeah local yeah like our crop rotation is going to be different than yours like we grow bananas here (laughs) one thing um one thing we were like me and kyle were actually talking about um one of the best things you can do for getting with like start for starting especially with livestock because you're dealing with a creature with a personality i always tell people read every book you can like you can get on that species Mm. and then understand I understand the the animal has not read the book, so it will do things the book did not say. <laughs> That's funny. Like, find people who are doing similar stuff in your yeah. in your area, and say, "Hey, can I come out and help you sort cattle and run them through through like the vet visit and everything? I'll be happy to come out and give you an extra hand. I'll give you extra help, and you get some of that experience of actually working one on one." 
with the livestock, understanding what it's like, what the demands are, getting that idea firsthand, dealing with it. Before going out and buying a real live animal that you don't know anything about, for the record, nobody should do that. <laughs> that hasn't stopped me yet. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so then where can people find you if they have questions and if they want to get in touch with you or anything like that? Um, best place to find me would be a uh, all one word well defended homestead or well defended farmstead on Instagram. And I'm I may be a day or two behind. It's one of those ones where I'm like, I won't check it for three days and then I'll be on it for like the next four hours because I got distracted by reels. So you will get a hold of me eventually um i'm on instagram at raspo farmer spell it out um r-h-a-p-s-o underscore farmer and my focus is kind of more of um sewing and things like that is why i started that now oh my god can you teach me crocheting we're gonna have to do a zoom call and you have to teach me I can't crochet. Oh, damn it. I'm trying to look for somebody. <laughs> I might have to just figure it out on my own. Listen. <laughs> if I'm YouTube. YouTube University. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The good old YouTube. Amazing. Well, I'm so, so, so happy. Thank you guys so much for doing this with us. Um, oh, really, really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, it was very insightful. Glad we could help. And like I said, if anybody has any questions or anything, feel free to send them. Um, if you're if you're on the plug in the discord, if you're on the discord, I will be, um, I'll be in the uh, pillow talk section of the Lorehammer discord. So if you have questions that way too, nice. I'll be there. Nice. Excellent. Cool. Congratulations on the engagement guys. We're so excited. Send us all of the videos and pictures with all the, the animals or whatever that might be in it. Um, I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. Congratulations too, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much. If anybody cool. else wants to get a hold of us, feel free to reach out to us on Pillow Talk with Mark and B at gmail.com on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Pillow Talk with Mark and B. Uh, and if you want to support the show, you can reach out on Patreon. And there's a link in the yeah. description below. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Adios. everybody. See ya.